Newcastle Public Schools building, a guy who is way too far up the ladder uh, to be worried about something like this has been here for an hour trying to figure it out. This is what we got. All right, this is what we got. It's actually warmer than it was when I came here today, just so you know. Um, but there's this theory that body heat does warm up the building. I want to test that. If you're able-bodied, I give you permission for the next 60 seconds to literally run in this room. <laughs> Everyone else needs to be moving. We need to get our heart rates above 100 if it's healthy, doctor prescribed. Above 100, because with the exhale and the body heat, I think you warm it up five degrees. This is my theory. Ready? Go. One minute. I want you to run. Get out of the body and run. Actually go and move and get your heart rate down. Don't love money. 
boy, there's a lot of things about money in the world to love. But as a Christ follower, I'm not supposed to do that. So it's, it starts to really weigh on you. You're be honest. Just, just be honest, please. You hear all that, which is just a small sampling of what it means to be a Christ follower. And you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's too much. Here, here's how I liken it. Here, here's how I illustrate it in my own mind. It's like looking at a child and telling them to master nuclear physics. You look at someone who wants to follow Jesus, and you tell them all that, and they're just like, holy cow. Give me 40 years as a great teacher, and yeah, I probably can do it. It's like telling a child, learn nuclear physics. Well, if, if they had 40 years of daily being taught by a great teacher, there's not any child in this world who couldn't learn and master that subject. Christianity, being a Christ follower, is, is kind of the same thing. We do have a great teacher, Jesus Christ. He is our ever-present teacher. He is the model. He is the example. He is showing us the way to follow him. And every day for the rest of your life, he will show you how to live this way. So here's the question for this morning. What do I do tomorrow? Like, how, all right, all right, great. This is big. It does feel weighty. I've got a teacher. I'm going to spend the rest of my life mastering these things. What do I do tomorrow? What do I do this coming year as I look towards that? What do I need to do? Jesus speaks a parable towards the end of his life that I think will give us some insight into the answer to that question. The parable is found in Matthew chapter 25. The verses are 14 through 29. As you're getting there, I'm going to pray. Father, show us how to follow your Son. Show us what it means to be a Christ follower. Teach us how to live in such a way that we give you glory. Help us see how to tangibly love you and love people. Let our lives be living sacrifices to you as our spiritual act of worship. God, you come, you teach through your son's words. I pray you move in the hearts of those who are calloused and distant. God, give us all the grace necessary, the wisdom necessary to live each and every day as a follower. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Matthew 25 is a parable. A parable is a story meant to teach a truth. Now, in a parable, there are characters, elements, things, scenarios that need to be identified because this is not always this. Sometimes this is that. And this parable is like that. The characters, the people involved, the things involved, um, they all represent things that when we identify what those things are, we see the truth that Jesus intended in the parable. 
So we will walk through the story trying to identify the truth that Jesus is teaching us in hopes that it will help us understand what to do tomorrow. What do we do tomorrow to follow him? Now, context from Matthew 25, very simple, very simple. Jesus is trying to explain what the kingdom of God will be like. We are in that kingdom, the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. So living in this time, what will it look like? How do we do it? What do we do tomorrow? That's why it's appropriate. That's why this parable, verse 14, begins with, again, because he's just continuing on in this sermon, in this teaching, to explain what the kingdom of God is like. So again, the kingdom of God, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. So there's a wealthy man with property and servants. To one of the servants, he gave five talents of money. Now, typically I teach out of the NIV. This is the NIV. This is the older version of the NIV because... Many people have heard of this parable of the talents. In the NIV, this version right here, it translates it bags of gold. Some of your versions may have bags of gold, sums of money. That's a good translation. Because a talent is not the ability to do a carpet. Okay, that, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about here. Talent is a measure of money. So in the new version of the NIV, it is translated a bag of money. To one, you get five bags of gold, five bags of money. Just understand it is a measure. It is an increment of funds. So to one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. And to another, he gave one talent. Each according to his ability. Underline that. Make note of that. That is huge. How the money, how the talents, we need to figure out what the talents represent. We'll get to that. But how the talents are divvied up was not according to the generosity of the master. It was according to the ability of the servant. Very, very important to see this. It was according to the ability of the servant. Then the master went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once, put his money to work, and gave five more, doubled it. So also the man with two talents gave two more. He doubled it. But the man who had received the one talent, he went off, he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. Five, ten, two, four, one, hole in the ground. You track it. Very important. After verse 19, after a long time, we have no idea how long this is, but you can assume it's years. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. The man who received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I gained you five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come down and share in your master's happiness. Come and share in your master's kingdom. Come find joy in your master's kingdom. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I gained you two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Second very important thing to note. Bring the master ten talents. You need to come and share in his happiness. Share in his joy. You get praised. Bring the master four talents. Same reward. Very interesting. Less than half of the return. Yet same reward. Very, very interesting. Verse 24. The man who received the one talent, he came. 
Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. That's big. I was afraid. And I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See? See, here's what belongs to you. For years I protected it. For years I sat on it. For years I made sure no one would steal it. I held on to exactly what you gave me. And now you come back to settle accounts, and here I've protected it. I've done so good. I bring you back what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Wow. He got a hole. He remembered where the hole was. He went and redug up the hole. He didn't tell anyone about the hole. I mean, remember, there's a huge sum of money in the hole. He had his own little treasure. He's not lazy. He did a lot of work. You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Interesting here. The master would have accepted far less than a double return on his money. That's huge. You can see that what the master cares about is that we just do something with whatever these talents are. Take the talent from him. Give it to the one who has ten talents. He's now has eleven. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Okay. That's the story. That's the parable. What is the truth? What are, what are we trying to learn here from Jesus in this teaching? Big picture. We know a few things. Whatever these talents are, initially they belong to whom? God. God is the master in this story. From his vast wealth, he divides up whatever these talents are, and he gives them to his servants. Typically in the Bible, the servants of God are who? His people. So we would be the servants in this particular story. So God is the master who gives his servants talents according to their individual abilities. Some of the servants got more talents than others based on their ability. So talents cannot be abilities because whatever the talent is, is given based on abilities. So the abilities that God has given you determines whatever these talents are, how many of those he gives you. And these talents, whatever they are, are supposed to be used to further the master's kingdom. If you take them, you work with them, you bring more, the master says, come and share my happiness and my joy in my kingdom, because what you have done has furthered my kingdom. It's grown my reign and rule. The master's pleasure does not depend on the amount of talent you have, just whether or not you are obedient with what you do have. That's a big, big picture God's happiness with you, the servant, depends none on how much you bring him, but simply whether or not you are obedient 
with the talents that he has given you. We also know if you are obedient with the talents you are given, you get more of whatever these talents are. If you use them poorly to sit on them, then in the end you will lose even the one talent that has been given to you. So, what are talents? I think from context we can see clearly the talents this story are kingdom opportunities. They are opportunities that God the Father gives to you, the servant, based on your ability, and that opportunity can be used by you to further his kingdom, or you can take that opportunity that he's given you, and you can sit on it, and in five years come back to God and go, you gave me this great opportunity, and I still got it. I still hold on to a diet, Lord. You don't have to worry. No one else is using it. No one else is doing it. Because I got it right here. Took care of it for five years. Woo! And at that point, God will look at you and say, give that opportunity to him. Because when I give him an opportunity, he does something. Interesting. I, I think Matthew chapter 25, talents are kingdom opportunities. So how do you live tomorrow. As a Christ follower, from this parable, how do you live tomorrow? I would say you need to live faithfully and obediently to the opportunities that God is giving you tomorrow. Individually, based on your own abilities, God has placed before you from his immense knowledge, wealth, sovereignty, opportunities that are unique to you because of your God-given ability. He's given you those opportunities and he's saying, will you be faithful and obedient to do something with that opportunity that will further my kingdom? When you look at it that way, it's not as daunting. It still is a big deal. So I gotta wake up tomorrow, I gotta be faithful and obedient with whatever opportunities given. Oh, okay, what am I missing? But it's not as overwhelming. Because when you wake up tomorrow and you are faithful and obedient to the opportunities that God the Father has given you, you will love Him and love others. You will give to the poor and the needy. You will put others' needs ahead of your own. You will do all of those things that are commanded in here simply by being obedient to the opportunity that you have right before you. Now, here is the tripwire when it comes to this teaching. Some of you are ten talent people and some of you are one talent. And for those of you who wake up tomorrow and go, my opportunity is to raise this kid. Oh, I love him a lot. But this guy over here is Billy Stinking Graham. He gets to go preach to 80,000 people at one time. I raised one kid to be a Christ follower. He converts 10,000 in an hour. Where is that fair? Let's just let 
him do his thing. He's a ten talent guy. I'm a one talent person. Nah. Please, please, please do not get bogged down by the amount of talents or opportunities that you have. Because to those too much is given, much will be required. So, you really shouldn't be that jealous of the person with 50 opportunities in front of them. Because they've been given that, they have a much, much bigger task. But God, the Master, looks and judges not based on how many talents, but on what you do with the ones you got. What do you do with your one opportunity? Are you going to be faithful and obedient with it? Right now, you all have opportunities. Some of you are like, I don't even, I, you are talking. I think I understand what you're saying. But as I look at tomorrow, I don't know what I've got on my plate. It's some kind of kingdom opportunity. So let me be very general at first, and then I'll try to be more specific. Generally, Every one of us has an opportunity tomorrow because every one of us have people in our lives. Children, family members, co-workers, neighbors, church, people. Every one of us have people in our lives. And people oftentimes are the kingdom opportunity that you are given. Courage, to love, to strengthen, to give, to share, to, to whatever. You all have people. People are oftentimes opportunities. I don't think there's anyone in here who is lacking a voice, but we all have a voice. And meaning this, you have a story, you have the ability to either build up or tear down with your words. Those are opportunities that you have. And you are either going to be faithful and obedient with those words, or you are going to be disobedient with those words. And it matters how you choose to use them. And unless tonight is the night that the Lord takes you home, you have a life. You have breath in your lungs. You, you've got that opportunity. You will wake up tomorrow, God willing, with the ability to spend that 24 hours doing basically whatever you want. Will you be obedient to live that life in such a way as to advance the kingdom of God? Now, that's really, really, really general. But I want you to understand that. Those of you who are sitting there going, I, I don't even know where to start. People, voice, and simply looking at the gift that is your life and realizing that just because you're breathing, there's opportunity in that. Start there. But let me help you be more specific. Ask yourself, what do you do well? What are the abilities that you have been given? How is God positioning you to be faithful and obedient to further his kingdom? Ask yourself that question. What do you do well? What do you do better than the person next to you? What is your ability? Because God is very specifically going to give you opportunities based on those abilities. Are you a teacher? I know we have a lot of educators in the room. I know that you get paid nothing for what you do. But you have an immense opportunity. You have sometimes 30 young people in your room because our classroom is so overcrowded. You've got 30 young people 
You have an immense opportunity, and you have the ability to do that. I couldn't teach third grade. They would all die. <laughs> Some of you, you just have this ability. You're an entrepreneur. You're a businessman or woman. You, you touch something, and it becomes gold. You have an idea, and it comes to fruition. Do you not see that that is an ability given to you by God? How are you going to be obedient to that gifting, to that ability to take advantage of the opportunities that God is giving you? Are you going to build your own kingdom, or are you going to build His? Because He's given you the ability to resource one or the other. Which one are you faithfully and obediently going to resource? Now that's not me. I touched up and it kind of breaks, so I don't have that ability. Some of you, your hands can create, you're a craftsman, a craftswoman. You can build and create. How are you using that to further the kingdom? I mean, like, I, I don't want to point out one person, but everything that we do up here, we call in the same couple people. Because they have this ability to make things like this. They have the ability to make these, they, they have the ability to, and you're sitting there going, like, how's that kingdom opportunity? It's absolutely kingdom opportunity. It's a kingdom opportunity because of the ability that God has given. Some of you can just flat out cook. You can. The microwave is like a simple thing to you. I will make it from scratch and it will be awesome. And, and I know some of you are just like, I, where is he going with this? Like, how does cooking further the kingdom of God? I'll ask you that question. How is cooking further the kingdom of God? I bet if you can do it, you have an opportunity in front of you to further the kingdom of God. Some of you are amazing organizers. Some of you are simply ralliers of people. Now, I am one of those and not the other. Here, yes? I can rally people. Put me in front of a large crowd. I will motivate them to do whatever. Tell me to organize then whatever I just rallied them to do. Okay, but that's my God-given ability. I need to be faithful and obedient to use it not to my own ends, but to the ends of the glory of God. And then there are people who were created to come along on the backside and to organize and to structure and to, to give bones to crazy people like me. Maybe you're just flat out brilliant. Was it cool having Nick back up here? No, that was fun. That, that was yesterday at 4 o'clock. He's, he's popping back in boxes. I was like, you don't have to play tomorrow. I'm going to be here anyway. You know? and so Nick, Nick is a brilliant man. He, he has the ability to learn anything. It very much frustrates me. He, he can learn anything. Do you know do you know how obedient he has to be with him? I mean, he literally can learn it. How is he being obedient to God with, with that mind that he's been given? Some of you can write. Words just come out on paper, and you can literally leave truth for the generations to come, simply by the words that you write. Have you ever seen the baby whisperer? It's not a show. I'm talking about that woman or man that can just raise kids. It's just like, how do you do that? 
How, how can you do that? It's a gift. It's a God-given ability for those of you in the room that can just flat out raise kids understand that that is a gift given to you by God and the way that you use that matters. Can you sing? Can you solve problems? I, I made this list in like 30 seconds. I could literally sit up here all day trying to dig down and say something that will trigger you. And you'll go, oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. That's what I do. That's, yes, absolutely, I can do that. As the band comes back up here, though, I, I need you to wrestle through this list. I need you to make sure you add to that the things I've left off that are the abilities of, of you because they're God-given. And those of you who are just multi-talented understand that that means you have a much bigger responsibility. But are you being faithful and obedient to the opportunities that God has given you based upon your abilities? Are you using them to build your own kingdom, to build your own family, to build your own empire? Are you using them to do that? Are you using them to further the kingdom of God? When you wake up tomorrow, you need to ask yourself that question. What opportunity do I have today based upon my God-given abilities and am I going to be faithful and obedient to do something about it? Because in the end, the Master will come back and he will settle those accounts. And here's the beauty of the sovereignty of God, church. He's going to get done what he needs to get done to get his glory and to complete his task on this earth. Do you see it? Because if one of you just refuses to do what he's calling on you to do, eventually he's just going to take that opportunity and throw it to the person who will. So his, his is going to get done. Like this isn't one of those things of if you don't wake up tomorrow and do this, the kingdom of God is going to fall flat on its face. That's not how the kingdom of God works. It has a sovereign God overseeing all of it and orchestrating all of this. So that's not how it works. This truly is about you and simply about you and whether or not you will be obedient to the opportunities that you have been given by God to further his kingdom. I would encourage you to take the next few minutes to just process through all this. I would encourage you, if you know what your opportunities are, to faith in a to ask the sovereign God of the universe, the master of this whole kingdom, to ask him for the grace and the wisdom and the strength to do what it is he's asking you to do. To wake up tomorrow and to be obedient to what he's calling you to do. I would strongly encourage you to wrestle. If you know what it is, and you want one of our pastors, our prince members, to just pray with you for that, we would love to do that. So, so really, the response today is regarding opportunities. Opportunities that you have been given if you want to be faithful and meeting with. But then the front is also open for those who are just hurting, for those who just need God to move in their lives. And I, I wouldn't think that there's many of us who don't. So if, if you want to come and respond in prayer and ask one of our pastors or prayer members just to pray for you, we'd love to do that. But in the next few moments, will you just respond to the word that has been given? Identify the opportunities that you have. One, two, five, whatever it is. Because of the abilities God has given you. 
we decide to be faithful and obedient to him. So that his kingdom will go forward, so his glory will be made known. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will just move our hearts as calloused as they may be to be obedient, to be faithful, to, to just use the breath that is in our lungs, God, for you and for your glory. God, may that be our cry. I pray you just move within this church, God, that we would see disciples made for your glory because of faithful and obedient men and women who are seeking every day just to follow you. God, make clear our opportunities so that we don't have to guess. Show us clearly what you want from our lives. And God, give us the grace to do just that. Because it's all about you. And it's all because of you. It's all empowered through you. And it's all for you, Jesus. It's all for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and respond. Give me prayer. Have a great time tomorrow.